Welcome to Quirky Cooking Chats. I'm Jo Witten and with me today I have my good friend Lucy McCulloch. Hi Lucy. Hi Jo, how are you doing? Lovely to see you again. Yeah, you A couple too. years on from the last time. Yes, well, we did chat briefly on video when I was in bed the other week and looking dreadful. So hopefully I look a bit better now. <laughs> you do. You look gorgeous. Vibrant oh. and gorgeous. <laughs> oh, look at the sunshine there. It looks beautiful. How cold is it? Uh, I think it's probably about, actually, it, it, spring is in the air for sure. We're all feeling it. Lots of little flowers are popping up. So I think it's probably about 10 to 15 right now. Still pretty um, chilly for me. So I guess I'm doing a little bit of what is it, sh shiver therapy, sitting out here. But I thought yeah. I'd get get myself outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. So Lucy, um, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about how you came to live in a beautiful little village in Italy, um, and you may have to go right back to your, a bit of your health journey because I know that people are going to be really interested to hear about that. I'll okay. ask questions as we go, but. Please yeah, do, feel do, free do. to just, like if you were telling someone your story of how you came yeah. to live in this village, take it yeah. away. <laughs> you know what? I just did it the other day, so it should be fresh. We were at an International Women's Day lunch with all the mamas of the community. So, yeah. and there was a new mama visiting. So I think, I, I think I've just gone through it again. Um, so how far do I have to go back? Let me think. <laughs> um, I grew I grew up with some issues of ill health, um, thanks to copious amounts of antibiotics and potentially some other things um, going on. Uh, we I grew up in London. I was just outside London. Um, we moved to Hong Kong, myself and my husband, um, and had ten years there. Uh, during which time I was trying to figure out. Uh, well, started sort of started a. a some knowledge around healthy living, um, but was really, really struggling. <clears throat> I think potentially was exposed quite seriously to mold, which is an issue of Hong Kong and its its climate. Um, and then found out actually um, when we left Hong Kong that the places that we had lived um, were right underneath enormous cell towers um, and started to learn that mold illness and, um, and electromagnetic fields can can be a double whammy basically and go and can go a little bit hand in hand I think you can get one and you can become more sensitive or more prone to the other um so left Hong Kong moved to Massachusetts um with uh, a, an, a gorgeous little adopted Hong Kong girl in tow and a biological boy after having gone through multiple um, pregnancy loss um <clears throat> moved to Massachusetts and revolutionized everything from literally one day to the next I was pregnant as well with my second biological child and then pretty much the minute we landed down I decided to start the GAPS diet um, for myself um, for healing but also for my daughter who has some neurological inflammation stuff going on had a met an absolutely beautiful woman in Hong Kong French woman who uh, was married to a New Zealand um guy a guy from New Zealand and they had five kids and I want to say that three of them played in the New Zealand rugby team um, and so she re reassured me that there was absolutely no problem in doing a grain-free diet because three of her children after having done that for several years were playing rugby for New Zealand um, so we started it and just everything everything changed for me I um I started to lose all my panic attacks and I was riddled with anxiety um, just a constant, you know, constant sort of low grade level of anxiety in my body managed to 
and get rid of all that heavy, heavy period pains that I used to get that would be crippling, disappeared, didn't even know when I was getting my period, um, all of these things. And at that point, I we bought a house and I had worked in fashion for many years um, in Italy um, before before moving to Hong Kong um, and um, and in London, actually. And I had fallen into interior design in Hong Kong, um, which I loved. Um, and we were just about to renovate our house in Massachusetts. And I thought, hmm, something's telling me that maybe I need to take a different path here when it comes to renovations. And I'd been in Hong Kong and I'd been going into these apartments and brand new, beautiful Miele, Gaganau, Siemens ovens. And I was just throwing them down chutes because the client wanted something different. And I was like, this is kind of weird. And this isn't what we should be doing in this day and age. So I was feeling like the the climate piece as probably being, you know, or just the waste as being an, an issue anyway. And um, I went down to a local restaurant that was run by a lady who had also had her children on gaps for many years and cured them. Um, uh, the, her son was um, named the bubble baby by Boston Children's and was thrown because he couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything, couldn't breathe in anything, couldn't touch anything. And she managed to. That would be. Huh? Yeah. That was stressful. So stressful. And so she actually ended up opening a restaurant, which is in my in my future, I feel for my children as well, because once you start to live this way and eat this way, as you know, Joe, you've just created a cookbook for them. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you you want your children to carry it on. Um, and I went to her and I said, do you happen to know where I could get a natural? I think it was a sofa I was looking for or something. And I went down. No, maybe I can't remember what it was. It was something to, something to do with the renovation. It wasn't piece of furniture. And I went down and I said, um, and she said, yeah, down the road is a little natural natural furniture maker. Go and ask her. She's brilliant. She's, you know, way out, you know, complete pioneer in the field. And um, and she has this little studio down there. So I walked down, I went and met this lady and she said, um, oh my God, if you're about to renovate your home and you feel like, she said, everything you're telling me makes me think that you've been suffering from sick building syndrome which obviously made complete sense. I was in Hong Kong in a moldy flat potentially um, and under a cell tower. So, you know, as I said, the double whammy. Um, you really should think about, if you're an interior designer, you should really think about getting yourself down to Santa Fe in New Mexico and doing this building biology course. And that was the beginning of my building biology career. Um, so I renovated, we renovated our first home in Did Massachusetts. You dash in straight down to Santa Fe, like? The next day. The next day, literally the next day I just on a plane because the, the course was starting and I was like, I can't, you know, I was mid-construction. I'd already taken on the contractor. I was like, I can't lose this time. I've got to go now. So I think my husband changed everything around and came and covered the kids and off I went. Um, and it was amazing. Santa Fe itself is absolutely amazing. I love it. You can just, you just arrive and you can just breathe beautiful play everywhere because of the adobe houses um and uh and it was really really interesting the whole thing was really interesting the house in in uh, massachusetts was definitely you know we'd, we'd got to a certain certain level in in construction and it was already a house it was already you know it wasn't a new build so <clears throat> and it wasn't being completely um gutted either so that house definitely um got to a very good level of um you know, being a being a safe house, basically, but it didn't probably get as far as I would like it to. Um, and uh, and so now we find ourselves here because we were in Massachusetts for seven years and then COVID broke. 
Um, and at the time we had had our, I'll explain now why we got here. We'd had our um had our children in and out of various schools, Steiner schools, nature schools, again, the same problem. They were under my daughter's amazing nature school moved underneath a cell tower, actually two enormous cell towers. And I thought, oh my God, you just can't escape this anywhere. So <clears throat> I was then pregnant with my third boy, <clears throat> and um we were about to <clears throat> sorry, change Steiner schools. And have to travel like an hour and a half around Boston every morning to get them to school. But I was pregnant and um, my pregnancy, my pregnancies are not, have not been straightforward. And my nanny just looked at me and she's like, how are you going to do this? How on earth are you going to do this? But again, trying to find a safe environment for the children where we had invested all our time and money in property um, and friendships and everything else was just proving really, really hard. So we put them in the public school for what ended up being half a year because COVID then broke. Uh, there was a really, really good program that would have supported my daughter um, or we thought would have supported my daughter. So we thought, you know what, let's try it. Um, and with the idea that we were probably knew we were going to start to head back yeah. to Europe at some point. Um, and so we, um, we put them in there and then COVID broke and the kids just got dropped like hot potatoes. And mm -hmm basic that was in sort of February I guess we were three months at home I just had the third baby it wasn't straightforward do you remember Joe when we I were sure planning exactly I remember I remember sitting in intensive care talking to you on the phone yeah um and um and so <clears throat> a really good friend of ours because we have this mountain house <clears throat> where Joe and I will soon be holding this beautiful retreat together and we've had that for 15 years now and we have really good friends from there and he just called me and he's got a child with some some needs as well and so he understood that it was it wasn't straightforward for us um and um and he called me and he said I've just met someone that you absolutely have to meet she's got the exact same ideas that you have for your children um and that was it we that was May and in June we sold our house or July we sold our house uh, August, we got on a plane. Um, <clears throat> I still have 600 boxes sitting in a storage unit because we still haven't, of course, finished re renovating our next house. Um, and um, and the doors open to Village Forest School uh, with 25 kids on September the 16th, I think. And, and your, baby, your baby was still newborn. Baby, yeah, he was six months old. He's oh, now God. dying to go to school and doesn't understand why he can't. Oh, he's how old is he just, now? He's only just turned three, so he'll start. <laughs> he'll start in September, um, and the kids are all fluent Italian now and run around this incredible biodynamic winery that our that our um, partners own. We have we started with one yurt, two teachers, and twenty children, and we've now got four yurts, uh, twelve teachers, I think, because we're bilingual, so we have to have one teacher of one language and one of the other, and I think close to sixty children. Oh, wow. um, and this community has built up here and we've got families from Greece, Holland, Australia, oh, wow. America, Ireland, Germany, Mexico, you name it. It's just unbelievable. Um, Summer and I, my partner and I, every time there's a sort of gathering, we just stand back and look at each other and go, what are all these people doing here? <laughs> How did this happen? And it's absolutely beautiful, and the kids are so so happy. And we follow the Steiner, we follow a, a loose Steiner curriculum, um, 
and it's all it's all worked out it's such hard work but it's all worked out and we oh, have extremely happy children so that's what every it's time I look at the photos on your Instagram for Village Forest School I'm just like I want to go to school there <laughs> sitting out in the sunshine the amount of people that have said I'd love to go back to school it's yeah. amazing and I have to say I, what what drove me was that I didn't enjoy terribly my education yeah. I found it very very stressful Same. a lot of pressure um and so I just didn't I really I realized how incredible the Steiner um, pedagogical philosophy is and it just it, it's such a the, the way that you learn an entire subject and you do it all through project and hands-on and it's just amazing and I just feel like I spent so many years trying to study and I remember nothing absolutely yeah. nothing um, and I want these kids to have this stuff you know to be able to go forward into life with so they're um yeah they're enjoying it they really really we were talking yesterday in, a, in our in one of our first college of teachers and board meeting and we were talking about what the successes were and what the failures were um but um we were I was just saying that they're all just they just love learning they just they're so hungry for it oh that makes um, me feel so happy because that's that was my aim with homeschooling my kids we didn't have a beautiful school like yours close by and so I homeschooled and I just kept that thought in my head that if I can teach them a love of learning, they can learn anything, and that's yeah, all I need exactly. to do. Exactly. They have then they have their they have their mind open to learning. It's yeah. not closed down to it, and uh, it's lovely. Yeah, it's a really beautiful thing to see, and it's just such a stark contrast to what I grew up with. So yeah, I I view that as a, as a raging success. <laughs> yes, well done. So that's been did you say three years? about no, yeah we're in our third year now yep we're in yeah. our third year wow yeah I couldn't believe it when so Lucy was messaging me and she just had a baby and she was going through all these difficulties with I think you had you know you were trying to work out the breastfeeding with this oh, little yeah. brother that had been through a hard birth and there was so much going on and then suddenly you packed up and moved in to another country in the middle of COVID and started a school as you do <laughs> There were some good things that came out of COVID, I guess. That's what we have to take away from that, right? I, I think that's what everybody says that I talk to, that it somehow yeah. changed something for them. Definitely. realise what's so important, people, I guess. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah, the, the, the stress and anxiety that all my kids were going through or, or really just the sort of the neglect, the way that they just... They just dropped them was, I mean, nothing to do with the teachers. They they didn't know what they were doing. It was, you know, unprecedented, yeah. but it was just, um, it was almost inhumane. Um, so we didn't really have much choice. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure that I really wanted to get up in the middle of COVID with a six month old baby out of intensive care and do it, but it was obviously what was supposed to happen. Um, and here we are and it's, um, it was definitely the right thing in hindsight. So, yeah, amazing. So, the lessons that you learned with gut health along the way, um, tell us some more about that because I know that's been huge in your life. Um, I remember it was actually on the last podcast, I think you told us about when you were renovating your house in Massachusetts and the container arrived from Hong Kong. Can you mention that? Yeah. <laughs> 
um it's a tough journey when you've got sick from something i tell you um yeah we i left hong kong um because i was pregnant and i needed to get to medical attention i actually had a um i've got a was born with a vascular malformation and i had a blood clot that i hadn't removed after the first pregnancy and so i had had this little bubba growing inside me this little kiko kian growing inside me and a, and a blood clot and so we just we were in between going to scotland um or going to boston um and that was based on schools for our daughter at this stage um and uh when when we found out that i was pregnant we took a sharp turn to Boston because the spe my specialist was at, in, in the Boston Children's Hospital there. Um, so I didn't end up packing up our stuff from Hong Kong. And this is one of the things, if you don't micromanage everything, never quite know how stuff is going to work out. Um, and um, the flat, it was the middle of summer and the flat was probably left unair conditioned. Um, and all this stuff was wrapped up in plastic, which, you know, you can tell the people as many times as possible to wrap it in canvas cloth so that they can breathe and blah, blah, but that didn't happen. Um, I just had the most beautiful um, carpet made or what I thought was the most beautiful carpet. Um, and I'd had, it was a, my design and I'd had it made in China, um, but it was, um, you know, latex backed and this and that and really not not great quality um and it was brand new um and the container arrived and i was very heavily pregnant with kian at this at this point and uh, we were opening stuff and i was sitting on a chair in this driveway in this completely different life um and um container pulled in this beautiful stone carriage driveway in front of this lovely little white english sort of villa manor house and um and they started to open the container and I was like, oh my God, I can smell the mold already. And the stuff had sat there um, in the summer, sweating in its plastic and then obviously on the ship. Um, and it was just, put it this way, the um, the removal guys had a had an early Christmas because they ended up basically getting most of the furniture. Um, and, and I think that was enough. I think that was enough pieces that you'd picked. They were beautiful pieces that I'd had custom made. But again, they I didn't know about natural. I didn't know about, you know, building with natural materials or interior design with natural materials. And I know now that choosing the materials wisely or wiser would have probably created a very different outcome um, in that situation. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, anyway, it was, uh, so it, it was an interesting... for the best anyway, <laughs> you got it rid did, of it. And, it. and it sent me on another learning curve. Exactly. And so now, you know, I'm pretty, pretty clear about all materials that come into my, my living space have to be natural and breathable and, mm. um, they'll live longer. <laughs> yes. Wherever you go. And so when, when you, um, renovated Baita, the, the chalet up in the mountain mm -hmm. um you used the natural materials and the natural heating and all of that kind of thing didn't you we did but that was sorry I'm, i've got a very needy little pups pup sitting beside me so i'm Aww. stroking him that's why he keeps moving because if not he's going to probably start yapping at me um, um do you know that was well before any of this journey because we bought the house in uh 2007 so it was our first few years in hong kong and I really didn't know anything. I was still working in fashion. I think I had a shoe brand, and I think I think it was as, as early as that. Um, and um, 
But the thing that I find just so fascinating in hindsight is that um, looking back, the, all of the methodologies that they implemented in the build were pretty much in line with building biology. So I feel like if you go to these very traditional areas, you know, these houses are, as you wrote, 300 and whatever years old. Um, I had to check on my calculator. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they're still beautifully standing, all of them. So, I mean, that's really all you need to know, that basically they're that old and they're still standing. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're doing something right because... One of the most fascinating things I learned in Santa Fe, and it was probably the first first or second slide, was that taking all the various components that you use to build a modern American home um, and estimating, obviously, how they work together, scientifically understanding how they work together and estimating their lifespan, the average lifespan of an American house that's built today is 23 years. Oh, I'm not surprised. And then the next slide was these three kids going out to the playground with an enormous Ziploc bag over the top of them. It was made. It was made up the slide, and uh, the not teacher so weird said, "After COVID, stuff we saw." <laughs> right, exactly. Not so strange. You're right. You're right. You're right. Weren't they in like like massive test tubes? Wasn't they even that? Um, and that was like, so hang on, you don't do this to your children when you send them out to the playground, do you? So why do you do this with your houses? Um, so and that's exactly, that's exactly right. Yeah. They just completely seal them. They don't let them breathe. Um, they, they strang- strangle them basically. Um, and so, um, so yeah, it was it, looking back at, at the build of Baita, um, it was just amazing. It was all the traditional technology, traditional technology, traditional methodology, um, at before anyone knew what technology was and, um, yeah, and it stays, it's it's perfect. It it breathes, it it lives, it can be closed for, you know, we've had it from when we were in Hong Kong to Massachusetts and we haven't used it and it can be closed up and it it remains its living, standing, breathing organism by itself. Um <clears throat> and the climate's tough, you know, it's 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 in the heart of the Alps. So it's not it's not exactly like it's a perfect relative humidity and a perfect mm. temperature and a perfect um so yeah, it was it was really interesting that um that it worked that way round. You know, um recently, as you know, we're in a just a modern house that was built 12 years ago and we have had one, two, three, four water leak type events with mold in this 12-year-old house. And the last guy that came to check everything, um the mould remediation guy um, Mm. because we've got a current situation that's all sealed up that we're waiting on getting fixed on one wall in the laundry backing onto my ensuite shower. Uh He he came and had a look and he said, you know, um, with these houses that are going up so quickly and like a like one corporation will put up a whole neighborhood kind of thing yeah people yeah. will rush in and buy them and they're just so quickly built houses he said we're finding within two years we're getting called in to do mold remediation two years they're already well, you know the showers are leaking it's not you know it's just frightening like what are so sad. Houses so sad are we facing actually- our children in 
And then here's all these people that are focused on, you know, don't eat meat for climate change and actually look the biggest, biggest culprit when it comes to the, I think it's the second or the third biggest culprit when it comes to the climate is the building industry. Yeah. Um, It's absolutely terrifying when you understand the amount that just gets thrown into the ground. So yeah, I kind of made a vow to myself that whatever I buy can go back into the ground and it won't, it won't harm it. And the minute you look at it that way, Mm. it's very clear easy to know what you're buying um that's such a good principle at this point we all know what's natural and what's not really so um so yeah it's um it's it's absolutely crazy it, it, i find it astonishing that um we're still allowed to do it and unfortunately now in italy we've just had this we've had to battle through a renovation here we bought a house we, we moved here to buy a beautiful farmhouse in the middle of the countryside and we ended up buying a, a house attached to a church in the center of the village, um, which is absolutely beautiful and has um, has a hay barn that we've opened up all the windows that look over at the at the sunrise. And then we have a view over the on the other side of the room with a, with the sunset over the Alps. Um, so <laughs> it's a fab little spot. It's just very funny because we had absolutely no intention to be living in a village. We really thought we were going to move and sort of set up a farmstead and but then we realized that we moved here for this community where the kids can run around and um, be in this little village and not, ha- you know, that they, they can just go from one house to the next. And, yeah. and so we ended up saying, no, 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 this is what, this is what we want. This is what we need. We, this is, this is what community is all about. And that's exactly what they do. And it's, it's beautiful. Um, but um, now in Italy, they have all these, these things called eco bonuses and super bonuses. And it's exactly that. It's basically trying to tell you to wrap up your house so that they can achieve European standard energy ratings. And we were we were laughing the other day. So I mean, I'm, we've got to do it to get these reimbursements because buildings are so ridiculously expensive right now. But I'm having to, you know, go outside the box and make sure that we're using all natural materials doing it. So my installation is not, you know, four centimeters. 12 centimeters that and I'm doing it on the inside because I want the brick to be exposed on the outside so you're losing a foot around every wall of your house because you want natural material so there's a couple of sacrifices that need to be made but we were saying the other day my god there's in about 10 years time there's going to be a bonus to take all this stuff off the houses because they'll realize it'll be like just like America all their houses will be dying and they're so aware of mold here you know it's it's like in America I feel like Mm. people were just sort of ignorant to it but they're so aware of they're so aware of it here. It's such a, you know, like it's 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 almost an offense if you were to get that in your house. It's an embarrassment if you were to get yeah. into your house. And so now the people, they're like, what are we doing? What is our government doing? Why? So unfortunately, even the traditional, you know, living and building countries are, are being forced to, mm-hmm. to change their building policies and their building methodologies which is just really really sad and I keep thinking there's going to be a turnaround in all of this there's going to be a turnaround there's going to be a moment of realization Mm. we might have to wait a little bit longer for that yeah (laughs) um well let's talk about um the retreat and the village that the retreat's in because that's not the village you live in no no yeah we're about two out two hours we're in wine country, the hills between equidistant between Milan and Turin, and where we will be hosting the retreat is up in the heart of the Alps. Um, and it's not an hour and a half as well. No, an hour, an hour and a half from Turin, um, right on the French border, um, 1,600 meters. Um, 
high um and just in sort of in the heart of these very very rustic little italian villages um we're right on the edge of a beautiful national um park country park where i'm hoping that we're going to get to go foraging yes and learn a little bit about the local herbs medicinal herbs maybe and um whatever else grows there we got to figure that out in the with the menu planning um and um yeah they're again it's a little bit like the building they're they're um they're kind of very into uh sort of naturally eat gaps and western price um anyway in you know there's lots of beautiful stews with um the best meats you can possibly get you know venison and wild boar and um you know the 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 real wild the the, the wild meats so that you know you're getting yeah. the best quality of meat because they're not being fed any you know any um, feed or what exactly they're living off berries and and um and grass so um so it's exciting it's exciting to do something with the with the local flora and fauna (laughs) i'm excited about the um foods i've been talking to naomi so she is the uh, the chef that looks after the kids meals at the village forest school and Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the kind of food that she focuses on? Yeah, yeah, point? yeah. So we, um, one of the things that was very, very important for uh, for me as a founder, but for our family, was to have, uh, basically we built this school so that we get all the things that we wanted in a school, in a school. I guess that's why you do it, right? So we have no, we have no Wi-Fi and um, no technology at this stage. Um, we only we go up to middle school at the moment. We're talking about a high school, so at that stage, I would imagine technology will probably start to be a piece. But we've got no environmental electromagnetic fields floating around. We're in an area where no cell towers reach, um, and uh, and the teachers all keep their phones on airplane mode. And then we have this food program, which is um, follows Western Price um, principles. Um, and Naomi, we have a we have a program whereby we have uh, rotating master chefs, so to speak. So there are um, couples, or not necessarily always couples, um, that come and um, and bring their own flair um, to the kitchen. And right now we have Naomi and her husband, Bo, who are from um, Oregon, Portland, Oregon. Um, they both graduated out of the um, School of naturopathy is that how you say it in (laughs) in Oregon um they have an extreme interest in a million and one qualifications when it comes to traditional Chinese medicine um Ayurvedic um food preparation um and um and it's amazing because we've had some real challenges with the little kids getting them to eat um up until Naomi and Bo joined and all of a sudden the, the food is is a bit is a lot more the teachers kept on saying can we just have it a bit more bland can we have it a bit more bland last year and uh and so the chefs that were in charge then were like trying to really contain themselves and keep it you know simple and 
Naomi and Bo have arrived and everything is broth based and everything is spiced with beautiful Indian spices. I'm not, not spicy as in spice, hot spicy, but you know, just super flavored. Mm. And all of a sudden the preschoolers are devouring their food. Oh, that's so wonderful. It's amazing. I sat in the school (laughs) meeting the other day and I was like, this is why we do Western price teachers because it's been a challenge. They're all like, you know, leave some, you know, maybe not so much meat, not so much broth, not so much flavor, not so much. And here they are. And we've got like zero waste right now. Um, And they love it. The little Italian kids are asking their their bilingual teachers how to say, how to ask Naomi for the recipe in English so so that they can take it home to their parents. That's adorable. so yeah, it's working really, really, really well, and they are doing an amazing job. And um, and this is the joy of having these sort of rotating master chefs. It's 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 a lot to cook for all those kids, um, and so it you know they come and enjoy the community and stay for a year, um, and then probably someone else comes in and brings it. So Naomi is going to be um, is going to be joining us. She is an incredible nutritionist. Um, I've started working with her a little bit and uh, her knowledge is profound. Her ideas are incredible. Um, she is knows everything, follows all of the, I consider the top doctors, um, the top integrative doctors. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, so she's going to be coming and joining us and um, helping us all cook or helping you cook, Joe. I'll be yeah, washing up. She, well, we've been talking back and forth on um, WhatsApp and figuring out ideas for the menu. Haven't got it all finalised or anything, but I said, can you just send me a list of what's in season at that time in the local area? And as soon as she sent it, I was like, oh, I'm dying to get there. <laughs> the ideas and she's saying we could make yeah. this and we could make that. And I, I'm just really going to be um I think this is going to be like a retreat for me to be cooking with yeah. Naomi in Italy and you um, and exactly. learn some of the Italian dishes and using all these beautiful yeah. ingredients. And I just can't wait. So there's a lot of, um, there's going to be, for those of you who've been following quirky cooking for a long time, it's not the same old, same old. This is like revamped quirky Italian. <laughs> Different level. <laughs> Next level um, with with Lucy and Naomi's recipes and maybe even some traditional recipes from locals, if we can get some in. I think you mentioned maybe Bianca coming. Um, So it's really exciting. Um, And so we'll be cooking together and learning about these traditional foods together, um, going for walks and looking for the, the herbs. So Naomi's also really into foraging and medicinal herbs and all of that. And then you've got another guy that's, hopefully going to be yeah. taking this foraging and um, yeah. that's really exciting. Um, I'm also looking forward just to picking Naomi's brains about, yeah, all the nutrition stuff and you with the building biology yeah. side of things. Yeah. That's yeah. Going to be, I think so many people that are struggling with gut health have um, been struggling with mould, whether they know it or not. It's so common. Um, so I think having you there is going to be awesome for people to ask questions. Yeah. And I also think, Joe, I give you give you I know Naomi's going to be amazing for us all to talk to, because, as I say, she's got this just profound knowledge. But I, what I keep thinking is sometimes I'm like, oh, how are these people going to learn all this in four days? I know. And then I, <laughs> and then I always go back to what you said, Joe, when I did a little gaps research just a few months ago. 
um, which was so fabulous and reminded me of what an incredible way of eating it is mm. that you don't have to get it all. You don't, it doesn't have to be extreme as you kept on it. And I went to it. It doesn't, you need to learn how to make a great broth and make it properly because broth can be made in so many different ways. And in, in many, t in many occasions, it can be damaging for people if it's too high histamine and it's a bone broth, right? And it's not yep. a simple meat stock. Yeah. Um, and if you can incorporate one of those beautiful broths into your every day, I have noticed that, that I've been, I kept that up. At least I kept that up um, since, since, um, you know, easing off gaps a little bit. It just, it's life changing. It's life changing how you feel yeah. there. there. Um, and so I, you know, the learning a little, the art of fermenting, learning yeah. how to make a, a decent broth learning a couple things around activating nuts to reduce some of the issues that cause, you know, that are caused with digestion of, of these things straight out of the packet without preparing them, which is literally just putting a bowl with water and salt with nuts and, you know, doing yeah. just having one extra little step that doesn't really take any time, but really, really changes how you feel inside yourself. So I think just walking away with a few of those things is going to be, is going to be amazing for these people. Yeah. And, and, and I think, just preparing some meals together can be a real game changer for people if they're always busy and working and full-time and they get home and they're too rushed and they don't eat properly or they don't cook properly um, or they find that cooking is stressful for them because they never have the time to just relax and enjoy it to be able mm -hmm. to do that on a retreat where you're completely supported and you you can have a rest if you need to, or you can come yeah. and cook and you can hang out and enjoy it and, you know, chat while you're doing it and making new friends. And it's a completely different way of cooking and it's how it should be. Like it's how you imagine, you know, in an Italian yeah. village, um, yeah, yeah, family yeah. coming together and cooking and laughing exactly. and enjoying each other's company. Exactly. That's what we want to recreate because we we'll can all become, we'll become our own little support group going right. forward which that's is right lovely. and we can all create that in our own homes yeah uh, if we work if we work on that um and i think that's really one of what i want people to feel that warmth and the the um putting the love into the food and enjoyment and relaxing with the food a yeah. bit and realizing yeah. oh hey i don't have that ingredient that's okay i can swap this yeah. out well, this yeah. won't suit me so much, so I'm going to change this. And, um, yeah, just relaxing a bit with your cooking, but at the same time and, getting and, and being yeah. And being helped by some amazing, amazing experts in the field. You, yeah. Naomi, a, a veteran, me. Yes. <laughs> I can't call myself an expert, but a veteran in this gut health journey. Yeah, well, at least um, veterans, aren't we? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> no, I think it'll be lovely. And just um, my, like... I was saying to Lucy, she was saying, oh, maybe we should have this and we should have this at the retreat. And I'm like, you know what? My idea of a retreat is just time to actually relax, sit around the fire with a cuppa and chat, sit out mm -hmm. under the stars, get in the hot tub if you want to or the big copper bathtub and yeah. look out at the Alps while you sit there in the bathtub with some magnesium salts or flakes and just going for walks in the forest and looking at the mountains and walking through the village and enjoying it and cooking together and relaxing together and natural movement. Like I don't think you need to pile a lot of stuff in there. Um, we will have times of 
you know, sitting down and working through a topic together and, and figuring it all out in ways that we can make it work. But there's going to be so much just practical every day. Mm-hmm. This is what it looks like in everyday life. And yep. let's do this without the stress. And that's what yeah. I want yeah. to share. I agree. I agree. Not overpacking schedules because at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, we want, I think you're right. Having the time to sit and have it like, a, you know, an open forum in front of the fire exactly. and just always, always having access to, to question ask and to brainstorm and to problem solve. And every, I think, I think if, yeah, if we pack too much in, we'll find that that natural piece that, which is going to be a big part of the learning um, for these four or five days is probably going to, would disappear if we didn't if we packed too much in so I agree and there's beautiful spots to sit and relax and soak in the sun and there's yoga mats if somebody you know wants to do that and I agree I think keeping it keeping it as a a family cooking together for a few days and along the but isn't it true that you learn more by doing things together in an environment where you feel happy um, and supported than if you were sitting there being lectured on something or you know trying even listening to a podcast guys thank you for listening to this podcast um it's not quite the same as being there and doing it together so absolutely not I mean that was it that goes back to what I was saying about the school the hands-on the learning I mean I I, I, I'm still not great at fermenting um (laughs) I'm I'm so so excited about you know learning that all over again so yeah yeah, the hands-on and and the friendships, hopefully, yeah. as well. Yeah, come I with think it. they're all they're going to be amazing. We've got some um, families coming together, three sisters coming together, yeah. and I think it's just awesome. Yeah, yeah. and maybe one new, day we've had a few people ask. We've ha- had a few people ask about um, bringing kids, and we thought, well, never know. Maybe one day we'll do a, a parents can like one of the parents can come with a couple of kids, and we'll do a yeah. mums and kids or whatever kind of definitely I, I'm I'm totally up for that I think um I think that would be so fun yeah, yeah. so fun we, we need to get these kiddos um oh. hands-on as well just at yeah. the, I'm noticing at the school they all have cooking classes and uh I, Otis came back the other day and made these incredible buckwheat crepes with homemade Nutella um and I was just like oh my god you've never done anything like this in your life before how old is um, he and he's 10 so he's you know he's young but just the motivation to recreate what he had just learned. Um, you don't learn that stuff sitting down, writing a recipe. You learn that stuff in a kitchen with people that are inspiring you. And that was what happened. So I love it. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, we we need to wrap up because you've got things to do, places to be. Yeah. Um, so lovely to chat and sit in the yeah. sun for a minute. Oh, yes, it's so good. We had sunshine here this morning and I just sat out there for probably an hour just soaking it up. <laughs> so good. Um, exactly. So, yeah, we would love to welcome you guys to the retreat. If you want to know more, have a look at the link below or go to my website, quirkycooking.com.au, and you will see all the information there. Um, Lucy, if anyone wants to ask you any questions about anything you've mentioned, can they contact you through what Instagram? Is that the best way? Instagram is probably the best way. Yeah, I, I'm ten, I'm I'm pretty much sharing everything that you're sharing um, through both my interior Instagram, which is Lucy McCullough Interiors, and through 
the Italian property where we'll be holding the retreat, which is Baita 1697, but you'll see it all on Joe's. Maybe Joe, you'll pop something up after this. Um, yes. And uh, and you can access those Instagram pages um, or reach out to Joe and I'm happy to share my WhatsApp number as well. Oh, that's very kind. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. <laughs> thanks, Lucy. It was really good. So fun. Thanks, Joe. Can't wait to and see to... you in person. I know. Finally, finally. <laughs> Take care. You see too. You Have a lovely day. day. Bye. Bye.